0: glad that you are here. Our lesson for this morning, we'll finish up the book of Deuteronomy, which is kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a pivotal moment, I guess, in our lesson series, because uh, this is the end of the the first five books, uh, the books of the law, the books of Moses, and so we're we're nearing the end of Moses' life, and we see the, the words that he has for Israel, in his departure. And so that's kind of where we are today. And we're going to pick up with uh, chapters 27. And we'll go through 34 through the end of the book. And then Lord willing next week. I was kind of, my goal was to get through Deuteronomy. And if it went well maybe keep going. And I think it's going well. I think we're, we're doing alright through these lessons. So we're going to pick up Lord willing next week. In the book of Joshua. Joshua. But as we come into the book of Deuteronomy, we look at this as a journey of remembrance. I've tried to tie this in uh, each book with a journey, a certain type of journey of the people. As we are taking a journey through the Bible, we see that Israel and God's people throughout the book, or throughout the Bible, were also on a journey. And their journeys had different uh, things that were significant about them. And as we look at Israel and as we look at Deuteronomy, we find this to be a journey of remembrance. Just to go back for a moment to our brief outline, in chapters 1 through 4, we have a review of the past. In chapters 5 through 26, We have commandments for the present. We didn't spend a a great deal of time going through the commandments. We did that whenever uh, we were in Exodus. Uh, We we spent a good deal of time, I think, with those. Um, But chapters 5 through 26, uh, remembrance of the commandments for the present. In chapters 27 through 30, where we pick up today, we read of Israel's future. And in chapters 31 through 34, we have the death of Moses. So we're going to concentrate on points number 3 and 4 today. And again, the primary focus of Deuteronomy is remembrance. Remember your past. Remember the law. Make sure that you teach it to your children that they also remember. We need to recognize the importance of remembering. So as we go through the book of Deuteronomy, what we find is a past, present, and future uh, a, a revealing of these things to them. And so these are Moses' last words of encouragement to the people of Israel before his own departure from the So we pick up in chapter 27 in Israel's future. And if you have your Bibles, I pray that you do. Uh, Follow along with us and most everything that we have for today will come from Deuteronomy. We remember the, the plight of Israel. We remember what they're doing right now. They are preparing to enter into the promised land. Moses is not going to go with them into the promised land, which is a very significant thing for Israel and also for Moses because Moses has been their leader. From the time that they left Egypt Egypt and their bondage, Moses has been the one that they have looked to for leadership, for guidance. Whenever they have a problem, whenever they have a need, they would go to Moses. And so he has been with them this whole time, As a matter of fact, at one point, as we looked at previously, I believe last week, that there was a time where God was going to destroy Israel. But Moses interceded for them, and God heeded his words. They are coming into the land of Canaan. They are preparing to enter into that land. And as they are to enter into that land, again, we have this reminder a remembrance, be sure that you remember the law. As a matter of fact, they were going to inscribe this on stones. They were going to inscribe this law on great or large stones. And in Deuteronomy chapter 27, we read this in verse 1. Now Moses, with the elders of Israel, commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you today, and it shall be. "...on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, that you shall set up for yourselves large stones, and whitewash them with lime. You shall write on them all the words of this law, when you have crossed over, that you may enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you... "...therefore it shall be, when you have crossed over the Jordan, that on Mount Ebal you shall set up these stones, which I command you today. And you shall whitewash them with lime. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build with whole stones the altar of the Lord your God, and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. And you shall offer peace offerings and shall eat there, and rejoice before the Lord your God. verse 8, And you shall write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. And Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed, and listen, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God, And observe His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today. Question. Why would God want Israel to write a record of the law on these stones? What might the purpose be of God having them to write a record of the law on these stones? Was it for God? Was it for His own purposes? For His own glory? Or was it more so for Israel? Was it more so for their benefit? I believe maybe more so the latter. Uh, Both are applicable here, but also just remembering what is going on and what, what Moses is giving to Israel, it was important that they remember. Remember that Moses is the one that brought the law down to them from God. Moses has been sort of their mediator between them and God. Moses is the the very definition of the law to them. the, The very face of the law because he is the one that has provided it. So in his passing, God is preparing them for this. And so as Moses, remember, even when I'm gone, even when I'm not before you, remember the law. Remember the one who gave it. And so they have this this command to set up these large stones. To write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. Remember. Remember. We also have a warning for Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 58 through 68. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 58. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, Great and prolonged plagues and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you. Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. You shall be left few in number whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do, to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing, and you shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess. Verse 64, Then the Lord will scatter you among the, all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. And among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes and anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you, shall fear day and night, and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, Oh, that it were evening, and at evening you shall say, Oh, that it were morning, because of the fear which terrifies your heart, and because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships, by the way of which I said to you, you shall never see it again. There you shall be offered for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. As we look at Israel, these are words of warning. If you turn away from me, these are the things that will happen to you. Ultimately, they are given choice in the matter. They are given choice as to whether they are going to remain faithful or as to whether they are going to turn away. But not only is this a word of warning, but but the things that are written here also come to pass because it does come a time where Israel does turn away from God. And so... Not just words of warning, but also in a sense words of promise. Israel did fail in their faithfulness. And the Lord did keep this promise of punishment for their disobedience as a consequence of their choices and actions. It's also a good reminder to us too because we too are given choice in our faithfulness. We are given choice in whether or not we are going to decide to follow God and continue to serve Him or to turn away from Him. And We are reminded of the reasons that we should remain faithful. We come to Deuteronomy 29 and we read of God's blessings and covenant with Israel. In Deuteronomy 29, let's pick up with verse 2. Now Moses called all Israel and said to them, "'You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, "'to Pharaoh and to all his servants, to all his land, "'the great trials which your eyes have seen, "'the signs and those great wonders. "'Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive "'and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. "'And I have led you forty years in the wilderness.'" Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, and we conquered them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites, to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. In verse 10, all you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws you your water, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself, and that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you, and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This covenant was to be honored by God, but it was also to be honored by Israel. The punishments that God told them of would be upon them should they fail to keep this covenant. But even in all of these things we find that God was always with His people. Despite their unfaithfulness, despite their, the times where they turned away from Him, God was always with His people Notice in particular what is said in verse 5. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Moses had led them. And God had guided them through Moses. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes. Your clothes have not worn out on you. And your sandals have not worn out on your feet. How often do we have to... Buy new clothes. And buy new shoes. Especially shoes. Depending on how often you wear them. They can wear out very quickly. But in 40 years. Their clothes. And their shoes. Do not wear out. How could that physically be? It can't be. Other than the power. And the providence of God. God. God cared for their needs. God gave to Israel the choice of faithfulness or not, again, but He also told them of the consequences of their choices. Deuteronomy 30, let's begin reading in verse 11. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us? "...and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea, that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I set before you today life and good, death and evil." And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear or are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey His voice. That you may cling to Him for He is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Well, let's take a brief side road into the New Testament. And we find that the words of verses 11 through 14 of Deuteronomy 30, Paul uses as an illustration in describing his desire for Israel's salvation. In Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, let's pick up reading at verse 5. Romans chapter 10 and verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or, who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth. And in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In this case, Paul is not just referring to Israel as in the Jewish people that God had taken as His own. That God had guided through all of these things. That God had taught them the law. But he's talking more so about spiritual Israel. Spiritual Israel continues to be God's people. Even those of us who are not of Jewish origin. God is no respecter of persons. and And now the law is available to all who will obey it as we find throughout the book of Acts. And in Romans 10, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts twenty two sixteen 16 tells us that calling upon the name of the Lord is in obedience. And baptism for the remission of sins. He goes on to speak of faith in this chapter. The origins of faith, hearing and believing, the importance of faith, faith leading us to obedience. His desire for spiritual Israel, for those who would be a part of spiritual Israel, was that they might obey and be saved from their sins. But he uses the context of Deuteronomy chapter 30 as well in this illustration. But let's move on. Let's look at the death of Moses. The death of Moses. The closing chapters of Deuteronomy, chapters 31 through 34, detail his death. Moses reminds Israel not only of his own loyalty to them, but more importantly, that of the Lord, who would continue with them even after Moses passing. And so in chapter 31, he is uh, again preparing them for his departure. Deuteronomy 31 beginning with verse 1. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God Himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you. And you shall dispossess them. Joshua Himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. The Lord will do to them as He did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land, when He destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. How encouraging this must have been to Israel. Be strong and of good courage. We find similar words also in Joshua. We'll look at those later on. And we know that Joshua is to succeed Moses as leader of Israel. Pick up a verse 14 of chapter 31. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of meeting that I may inaugurate him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. Joshua was to be the leader of Israel. He was to succeed Moses. Joshua we know to be one of the spies. One of the, the twelve that went into the land that came out and, and only two gave a good report. Joshua and Caleb. And it was Joshua that was chosen to lead Israel going forward. But even so, even in appointing a leader for them, God knows that they're, they're going to turn away from Him. And in verse 16... The Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will stay in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done and that they have turned to other gods. You see, God knows what is ahead for Israel. God knows what they're going to get themselves into. In verse 19, Now therefore write down this song for yourselves. And teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them. They will provoke me and break my covenant. Then it shall be when many evils and troubles have come upon them that this song will testify against them as a witness for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today even before I have brought them to the land of which I swore to give them. I believe it's in chapter 32 that we read the song of Moses. There's going to come a time when Israel would prosper well. But instead of recalling how God had taken care of His people and how, how He had led them up to this point, they were going to look at themselves and say, look what I did. They were going to be prideful. They were going to take upon themselves the worship of gods other than the God of heaven. But the law was to be remembered. we we'll go back a few verses in chapter 31 to verse 10. We see that the law was to be read every seven years. And Moses commanded them saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time and the year of release, at the feast of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel and their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear, that they may learn to fear the Lord your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. The law was to be read so that they could remember why do we have sermons and classes such as we do? So that we as Christians remember the words of the Lord. So that we remember the things that have been provided for us in Scripture. And even in Moses' passing, they were to remember. And again, we have this uh, a moment that they were to remember. Every year or every seven years the law was to be read in their hearing so that they would remember. We come to the final chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and here we read of Moses' death. Deuteronomy 34 beginning with verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. And that's not the answer to the Bible trivia question, by the way. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. They wept and mourned in his passing. Of all the times that Israel turned away from God, all the times when Moses had to intercede on their behalf, All the times they spoke up against Moses and against Aaron for for them not having water or food and all the times that they complained. But Israel loved Moses. They loved him. And in his passing, they were sorrowful. In verse 9, Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. But verse 10, But since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt. Before Pharaoh, before all of his servants, in all his land. And by all that mighty power, all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. There was no one, no one that we read about that had the relationship with God that Moses did. And I don't believe it necessarily to be that he saw God face to face. No one can look upon the face of God and live. But Moses had a very close relationship with God. And that he was able to speak to him, friend, as a friend to a friend. Moses was very special. Very special to the history. The history of Israel, the, the history of Christianity, uh, of God's people, going back into the Old Testament. It's a very important figure. Matthew chapter 17, we read of the, the Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain, and who was there? Moses and Elijah. Moses, we believe maybe because he was a representation of the law. It was the way that that God had delivered his word to his people. Also through prophets such as Elijah. And finally through Jesus as his son. Moses gave law and order. God's law and order to the people. Even the laws that we have today in our land, whether people want to to admit it or not, are founded upon the laws of God. Basic moral law comes from God, and there's no way that you can separate the two. Remember. Remember. And even to this day, we remember the old law. We we do not follow the old law in the way that the people of Israel did. We know that that law was done away with. But most all of its precepts are also found in the New Testament. With the exception of one, if we look back to the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to make it holy. Today we worship upon the first day of the week, the day in which the Lord was resurrected from the grave. But as far as the law of serving God and not placing anyone above Him, not creating any other gods of any of the things that that God has made, not worshiping them, honoring father and mother, not murdering, not stealing, not bearing false witness, not coveting our neighbor's things, all of these things, We follow today. Moses brought the law to the people, and we today are to remember. We teach and we observe the things that are found in Scripture. Today, may we remember our Lord, Jesus Christ. May we remember His sacrifice for it. May we remember His teachings as He was upon the earth, as He walked among men. May we remember His death, burial, and resurrection and what that means to us as Christians. May we always remember, if you're not a Christian, if you need to obey the, the word of the Lord, hearing, believing by faith, also repenting of sin, confessing faith in Christ, being baptized for the remission of your sins, if you need to do that, then we want you to take that opportunity while you have the opportunity. If you need to come back, if you need to repurpose your life, rededicate your life to Him, if you need to ask for prayers, if you need to ask for forgiveness, if you need to ask for help, the Lord's invitation is for you. We don't want you to pass up the opportunity because there may not be another. But if you are subject to the Lord's invitation today, then we give you the opportunity to respond as together we stand, as we stand.